0: Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon podcast. Today, we are joined once again by Brother Jacob for kind of a part two of his story. Of course, on the stand, I cannot fail to mention our ward patriarch, the illustrious, the incredible Bishop Jensen, up here presiding over this beautiful ward family, this congregation we have before us. Uh, Was that pompous enough? Was that good?
1: yeah, I was going to say that we should get like an applause track, but then I realized that would not be appropriate for Sacramento.
0: I think I do no. have <laughs> an applause. Let me see if I can yeah. find this. No, that's crickets. No,
1: just crickets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. That's appropriate. So where we left yeah. off, uh, Brother Jacob was he was burning out at work. His supervisor told him to take a, a leave of absence to take care of himself at the same time COVID starts so you can't go to church anymore. And this is really where you make the decision to, to leave the church. So why don't you just kind of talk us through that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, like
2: (laughs) I was still a TBM and, uh, so we did home church. I built a podium out of cardboard. Box. <laughs> <laughs> to be, it was to be funny. Yeah, I mean we didn't, but but you know I would do much like how you started your podcast, just kind of like welcome <laughs> and who's presiding, and, and I thought let's keep it going, and we would watch uh, uh, church online when they had that. We did the sacrament at home. Uh, We bought shot glasses as our little sacrament (laughs) cups. The beginning of the end. (laughs) It was the beginning of the end. Though I haven't used it for alcohol, I probably honestly will never drink again. I tried alcohol for the first time a little while back, and and I couldn't believe how awful it was. So what what did you try? That time in my life is over. A rum and ginger ale. Now, that's what a lot of people said their favorite is. I don't know anything (laughs) about alcohol. It's weird.
0: Did you have rum and ginger ale because you weren't comfortable having Coke yet? Coke?
2: Yeah, you were like,
0: you know, it's (laughs) funny.
2: I still don't drink Coke.
0: Yeah, me neither.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have nothing against it. I mean, like, I know what it tastes like. I've tried
1: it, but. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's kind of this weird thing because I also, like, I haven't tried alcohol yet. I, on Vancouver Island, my aunt makes her own wine, so I'm probably gonna try alcohol like within the next several weeks or something. But um, yeah, I just I never have had it, so I've never. I I don't know. I like I've. It just doesn't occur to me to have it. So that's interesting, though. That uh, your first experience, you're like, yeah, maybe I'm good without this.
1: Whoever yeah. recommended yeah, rum thing. and ginger ale is an idiot. Like <laughs> that must have just tasted <laughs> like cough syrup. I'm trying to think of something more terrible it was than worse that. Worse
2: than that, yeah. I don't, I don't know, gasoline. I've yeah, heard I, nail polish, but I don't actually yeah. know what nail polish tastes like. So, well, I, don't <laughs> tastes like either, so <laughs> I don't know what gasoline tastes like either. So maybe I don't know. But gasoline seemed more appropriate. Also, I didn't like coffee. Mm. Yeah. I just so, went back, just about reconverted back to the church after trying coffee. Because <laughs> I was like, maybe they're, right. Maybe did you they're try right. Did you try it black or what did you do? I tried a mocha and a latte. It went to.
1: Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I just don't are... like
2: the coffee taste. Yeah. I've also tried frappuccinos, cappuccinos. <laughs> don't like them either.
0: Nothing's working.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Have let's get back to your home Root beer floats.
1: <laughs> root beer floats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to the uh, back to the podium, the cardboard podium. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So we we did home church.
2: My poor wife again is just not feeling it, and I'm like being the good priesthood holder uh, and just persist. But in this effort to look at my own life and what made me happy, uh, I started getting closer to being able to hold that space with my wife and my kids, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, and we thought, well, we'll just kind of become nuanced, right? We'll just kind of hold it half in, half out. And what I found was that the church did not let us exist in that space,
3: Hmm.
2: right? And it was confusing because I'm like, guys, I've gone through all these things, like, it was a matter of life and death for me, literally. And you're saying that's, it's more important to be a TBM than it is just to relax. It was very confusing, right? So I got that from uh, in-laws, I got it from uh, the local ward, I met with state president, uh, right? And it was just, I was like fighting to be able to hold a place in the church, mm-hmm. uh, still believing it to be true. And they would not let me exist as if mm-hmm. we sitting on the fence, right? There was no middle
1: ground for it. And That's I close. knew that at this point oh. to be so toxic. What was the fence-sitting behaviors you are talking about? Like you were happy to go to church but didn't want to have a calling? Or what were you doing that was Yes,
2: Yeah, like I'm not even talking about something insane. Like I want to start drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. right? You know, it was, hey, Bishop, I've realized that I cannot hold a calling because <laughs> I'm a workaholic this just plays into all this mental issues for me. Um, and it is healthier. And he's like, but you know, you need to have a calling, though, right? Like that's part of it. You have to like, No, Right. And I had a big blow up with my in-laws <laughs> and because they had made the comment, well, you'll be a bishop one day. And I said, no, I won't. And, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, I will never serve again in the church. Right, and they were just deeply offended. But people would always say that to me, "You're going to be a bishop one day," because I don't know, maybe the idea of a bishop psychologist was interesting, or
0: You're right. So I mean, righteous. I was really active in
2: the church. I was super righteous, yet, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, "No, I, I will not." And I couldn't believe that as I laid down this boundary around my health, mm-hmm. how much it irritated other people. Yeah, you know, I wasn't even talking again. I hadn't looked at anything in the church. Um, history-wise, right, and stuff like that. I was just like, yeah, the church is true.
0: Um, Interesting. So, so, so it was really yeah. like a decision for your health. This had nothing to do with, like, a belief or problems historically or polygamy. Like, it was right. like, I need to do this for my health. Exactly, yeah. I hadn't looked at any of those things because I was not being tempted by anti-Mormons. <laughs> So you're like you're you're taking the step back. You have this conversation with your in-laws. How did that end up going over?
2: Oh, it was a huge huge blow up, mm-hmm. right? And it came out that it, they were concerned that we would leave the church. Mm-hmm. Right? As we were trying to do this fence sitting kind of nuanced place. They were concerned that they will leave the church. There was comments like, "I'd rather have my kids die than leave the church."
3: <laughs> yeah. There
2: is co- <laughs> there is comments like, "I refuse to let you." There was comments of, "If you guys leave the church, we will make sure your kids go to church. We will drive hours up to where you live to take in the church." Um, you know, because this this is spiritual life, right? Like mm-hmm. you are
1: the equivalent of dead to mm-hmm. Mormons when you leave the church. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hard to fully communicate that to people if I've like I've had coworkers who've just shown a little bit of interest like they noticed me drinking coffee in the morning. They're like I thought you didn't do that I'm like oh well I'm doing it now and they kind of ask like why and tell them a little bit about leaving the church. And I it's hard to explain to them that you are dead in a way to your family and they just yeah. can't. They're like, oh, I stopped going to Catholic church, or I stopped going to the Mennonites, so and they're like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, no, like I've changed my relationship with my family. Even though my my parents have handled it incredibly well, I know I've still changed the relationship with them forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's totally different.
2: And and it's interesting. Like, I think about me as psychology. Well, I was taking a break from practicing, but even if I was to say. I've realized I'm I can't be a psychologist, I'm not fit for this job, and I'm gonna go do a different job. Nobody would care. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I was doing something crazy, the worst I would get is hey, have you thought about this? But there would be no kind of you're cut off from us, we'll never talk to you again, you're the devil. Oh my goodness, I've been I've been compared to the
1: devil so many times. <laughs> like by, by, I didn't realize I was that bad. <laughs> by family or in laws or friends or yeah yeah it, all of the above <laughs>
0: yeah Interesting. so how do you go from i'm taking a step back for my health to oh like this is not true like this is not what it claims to be i'm done yeah. done
2: yeah okay so again me and my wife are having more and more of these nuanced conversations
3: mm-hmm.
2: starting to like think about things like this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense Um, So we're kind of spaced and then one day lo and behold my younger brother who was also a tbm comes over and he announces that he's done And I knew in this moment. I had the opportunity to either reinforce religious values And he like really laid it on thick. I think he was Well, like we all do, right? We kind of were angry and there's a bit of that testing the waters in terms of like How much do you actually love me kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, he's like saying like what we would call anti Mormon stuff. And I remember just like, I have this choice to love my brother or to reinforce the church's values. And I'm like, I cannot choose the church over my family anymore. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay. Right. And I said, I want to be a safe place for you to be able to talk about this. And so he's talking to me about stuff in the church. And I still am holding on to like the apologist answer. Right. I'm just like, Oh, the church has mistakes, but it's okay. They were speaking as a man, uh, whatever. Right. Like I was still doing it, but I was listening for the first time. Right. I was listening to someone else's experience. And so this like just really opened me up, uh, to his pain that he had gone through to, uh, the major problems in the church. Um, some things he would tell me about church history. I'm like, I don't believe that. Like, that can't be true. But I still didn't research it. But I was I was at least sitting in the space. And then Elder Holland gave his musket fire talk mm. in August. And I had known who Matt Easton was uh, because it was Tosh Point O. Have you ever seen that comedian?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: He yeah. has a bit with Matt Easton. And they dress up as missionaries and... And like oh, they talk okay. about Mormonism and stuff and it's like super funny and so I had known who Matt Easton was and I knew about the story of coming out in his talk and stuff and then to hear Eller Holland I'm like this is abuse this is the kind of abuse that I was working with in the church or' uh, sorry when I worked for the church working with these members I'm like yes. and I realized where we always say you know the gospel's perfect the people aren't I'm like there is no separation. This is coming from God's mouthpieces, right? I'm like, this is straight up abuse. This is not okay. And so I uh, put this on my Facebook that uh, it was not okay. <laughs> and people lost their minds. I mean, a lot of people were buzz, oh. I think, with it. But someone reported me to LDS Family <laughs> <laughs> Services, who I'm not working for. <laughs> And they got me blacklisted there so I could never receive any referrals from them for to work with Mormons cuz I'm now anti-Mormon. I still live in the church. Wow. I'm still TVM, right? And I'm just like what is going on? And I learn about the Strengthening Church Members Committee and I'm like this is kind of like this, like people are watching me like I can't be authentic. I wasn't even posting publicly too. Like this is privately that I'm commenting on this. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm being blacklisted
0: just for challenging Elder Holland. Wow. That is so intense. And as some background for for people, if they just so happen to tune into part two, uh, Brother Jacob worked for LDS Family Services as a psychologist and now is blacklisted uh, from getting referrals from them. Yeah.
1: The enemies of the church are intellectuals, feminists, and psychologists. So, I mean, you're already on the fence just by like church member strengthening members committee probably had a file on you the day you graduated, and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. just kidding, but have, what? Kind of kidding. But uh, well, and then, and then you know. post something Maybe about Elder honored. Holland, and they're like, "Oh, here
2: we go. He's done. No soup for you." Uh, yeah. I feel honored to be on it if that was the case. <laughs> Um, before I was afraid, but now I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. But this is what the church does, though. They hide behind credible sources like whatever. It could be an Egyptologist, archaeologist, psychologist, whatever. Mm. They hide behind it to give us credibility, but they do not care about it because when it comes down to it, and you have to choose between Mormonism and science, Mormonism always will win. Yeah. Right. Because they they pull the strings, you know. LDS Family Services is not a an affiliate organization. They are the church. They are yeah. funded by the church. The leaders that decide all the policies are the brethren. Yeah, uh, it's it's not an affiliate. It's yeah. In, no well, reason, I think, is actually the one assigned to it.
0: <laughs> and then it's the interesting because it. <laughs> <him. laughs> you were you were saying on our last episode that. You're basically cleaning up their messes. That every single time yeah. somebody says something stupid in general conference that hurts uh, uh, a gay person or a non-binary person or uh, a black person or something else, like yeah. these minority groups come in and they're like, "The prophet said this," and it's breaking my heart. And and then you have to kind of yeah. clean up their mess and be like, "Oh, but that doesn't super apply to you. Like, don't worry." Uh, just don't think yeah. about that. That's not a rule for you. And you're like cleaning yeah. up their messes, which is wild.
1: And like the reason why they call yeah. it LDS Family Services instead of LDS Family like Therapy and Counseling is because they're not actually like registered or, or licensed to.
2: Well, the individual or- counselors
1: are um, like you have to have insurance
2: liability like you right. do anywhere mm-hmm. Um some, some level of certification. But the thing is, that's not what they're doing. They're not saying we're gonna pull in some of the best people to help our, our organization. We're gonna get some of the best training. You know, we work with pornography addiction number one. Nobody has received training on that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Because they don't want to go to an outside person who says it's okay to masturbate. Because that totally defies everything. So they're just like, hey, we're gonna just keep this in-house. And in our trainings on it, we just read
1: what the brethren have to say. But, like, <laughs> like it, it's not a – because there's people who work at LDS Family Services who aren't therapists, right? Well, they act – well, they work as a therapist, but
2: their training is not as therapists. That happens sometimes. I think okay. they're trying to, like, get away from that. Like, again, yeah. I can't speak for them, but um, – I know of cases where that's happened, <laughs> where they're not like, these are not people that should be doing the counseling, but Hey, they're Mormon.
1: So right. you fit. So <laughs> You're they, good. Like, you got the spirit. They get, I mean, they're Mormon. They have a temple recommend. They have a master's degree in something. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then they get kind of counseling material provided by the church and kind of present that. Right. Is that kind of the way it works. Yeah. The church so, is doing, the training
2: there is no I shouldn't say there is no outside training I know that there is outside training but like
0: that's not something that they do if that makes sense because it's scary like outside number scary. 1 yeah
3: mm-hmm.
0: cuz it all has to be vetted through this lens of the church yeah so this happens in August that you that uh Elder Holland's talk happens that's really recent so Oh sorry
1: can I just Yeah. I just want to backtrack a little bit. Like I'm a CPA. If I set up a CPA firm, I have to register that CPA firm with the provincial and national body. Right. So I'm assuming there's something similar for uh, psychologists and therapists. Right. That there's like a provincial governing body. Does, is LDS family services like (laughs) registered and recognized by whether, I don't know what it is. The college of psychologists of, of X province or or Canada. Is it, registered with them or does it kind of moonlight and pretend to be legitimate when it's not exactly what they're presenting it as? Are you going to decline to comment on that? (laughs) (laughs) If you
2: are a psychologist or a licensed counselor, Mm -hmm. thumbs up, right? They're they're good with that. There is a little gray area. And I know because I fit into this because when I graduated – Mm-hmm. I wasn't licensed and I got a job, right? Um, and the idea was that I would, right? Like they do value that. But I remember asking, I was like, so where's my liability insurance? Like, because I can't go through the typical places. I'm not licensed and and stuff. And they're just like, the church has got you covered. <laughs> and and so <laughs> I'm
1: just like, okay. So they, because I know I went to LDS <laughs> Family Services and I met with a guy who in looking back on it, I remember him telling me that he could have been a CEO of a major company or something like that, but he chose to do this instead. And I was really thinking like how on earth did a a, a psychologist get to become a businessman? But now I'm realizing as I'm talking to you, he probably never was a psychologist. So the church employs people yeah. who aren't necessarily psychologists, but allows them to do some form of counseling work. And they kind of get into this gray area of, we never said it was psychological counseling. It's just, Generic counseling is that kind of what goes on?
2: Yeah, as a norm, that's not the case. Like they have counselors, right? Right, they do therapy who have been trained, but there are exceptions, and right. and that's the scary part is that Mormonism rules. Yeah, right. It's that's number one. Even for the trans psychologists, you have to for a Mormon doctrine first.
1: But like right, that before you. do So. It the psychologists who are working there might be members of a professional body, but the, the entity of LDS family services does not report to a provincial body. Doesn't register with a provincial body. Like it's, well, I don't know. I don't know about the
2: business, how they register, but okay, but it's the church that runs them. Like I remember we went to a training with Elder Holland and Mm -hmm. you know, he's giving the training to these, uh, therapists (laughs) 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 Therapist. <laughs> 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 like, what? what is going on? And he, yeah. I remember he like talked about like hope and all this and all his toxic positivity. And I remember he's like, I got a letter from a guy who's uh, gay, but he hasn't come out and he's afraid how people might react. And I, I am like, why would he do that? Of course, like people will be so supportive. You'll be surprised. I'm like, why is other saying this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, musket fire talk later
0: on like you right. know what he,
2: where he really stands <laughs> like
0: holy cow and I love that it's like oh the church has got you covered oh so that's what that you know 100 billion dollars is for
2: <laughs> yeah well we got the church you guys probably heard about the church helpline for bishops
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: right so yeah we had that as counselors <laughs>
3: They
2: would just go to a law firm yeah it was the yeah. lawyers yeah which made me feel really good because there's always the fear, like, what if someone tried to, you know, go after you, right? Yeah. So it's like, well,
0: oh, the church has got
2: this
1: big law firm that I can consult with. Oh, cool. Wow. Especially when I'm practicing unlicensed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking if I put up Bishop Jensen, CPA, not actually a CPA, I'd feel pretty good if I had a law firm. I had a hot too, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i know it and, and this is like the edgy stuff where they toe a
2: line like it's not unethical enough where they're gonna get nailed or shut down or something like right. that right it's like in itself these are great counselors that are doing great work mm-hmm. but there are those gray areas that are seriously damaging people and that's what i was faced with i'm like i can't be an ethical psychologist and work for the church it's yeah just, yeah
0: it doesn't work wow okay so back to Sorry, sorry to backtrack on that. Yeah. It, it's okay, Bishop. Bishops are for getting people off track. <laughs> um, so back to August, musket fire, you're starting to, it seems like, have real issues with what what is being said. Not that you didn't before, but now you're like talking right. about it. So yeah. take us from there. Yeah, I'm changing my stance. Um,
2: yeah, so... Uh... I post online, get reported. bunch of people hate on me. Uh, so I decide, like, I'm just going to get rid of all these Mormons on social media. I just can't really trust people. Uh, a week later, Mormon Stories does an interview with Matt Easton. I think it's like three hours long or something. Okay, And in there, Matt talks about suicidal ideation, both with himself and other gay people that he's known. Um, and he talks about it from that aspect. And... I realized that, like, though I'm straight and cisgender, this was my story.
3: Hmm. And
2: I had bought into Mormonism as a cure, just as many of them did, and it doesn't work. And I I was, like, I'm not really a crier, and I was bawling like a baby, you know, listening to this podcast. And I realized, I'm like the church is not a healthy place for me. So then I read the CES letter. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to critical think for the first time in my life. (laughs) Um, So I read the CES letter. I was still okay. Like, this is the crazy, it was so hard to let go. I was still like, so Joseph Smith married 14 year olds. That's really bizarre. But I'm like, I'm sure there's an explanation for this. Right. So I was like reading church materials and I was doing all this going back and forth. I read Mormon origins by Grant Palmer, who at the time was an active member. Uh, if you know a bit about history, he was disfellowship for writing the book. Mm-hmm. Cause he was like, we need to tell the truth about Mormon history.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the church doesn't like that, nope. you know? And so I'd start to kind of got to this place of like, Oh, it's, it's made up, but you know, it's still good. We can mm-hmm. still have parts with it. Um, but then, you know, as you keep researching and I'm always checking what the church has to say, and I would like, I remember there's one, oh, I can't remember which prophet it was, got a patriarchal blessing. It was from Joseph Smith's dad, senior, right? Uh, he got a patriarchal blessing from him. And in it, he's, it says, maybe have been Lorenzo Snow, but I can't remember. In it, he says that he will be able to travel to the moon <laughs> <laughs> and preach to the people the oh, in like, twinkling of the moon. Yeah yeah. yeah 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 yeah. you'll be able to like translate and stuff and go go over and do all these things and and uh so then i go to the church and i'm like what do they have to say on this and there it is all right here's in this this biography on this prophet and then when it comes to that part they do the ellipses dot 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 and they <laughs> skip it and i'm like what yeah you know and so just seeing over and over the church is lying they gaslight They abuse this is not okay like this is different from we made it up and we're just good people trying to give a structure to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is people who are harmful, and you know, there's the debate: is this a cult? Is it not? Um, and then I found out about the death penalties uh, pre 1990, mm-hmm. right? In the temple, um, and I, I haven't actually asked my parents when they went through, but they 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 should have went through before then, mm-hmm. you know, unless I'm getting something wrong. Um, you know, so I'm like, he did that too. And that's messed up. Yeah. Right. And like, they have the people who, I think it's called the God makers. They mimic what it is to show. And, and I'm like, this is messed up. This can't be real. And I'm researching this and I'm like, told, telling my wife, we burn a cult. <laughs> and like, And I know like, that's an offensive term and it's not good to use with TBMs and stuff. But like, but then I just I did research there, and I'm just like, this is not okay, mm-hmm. right? Especially someone who is basically has this theme of suicidality throughout his whole life to think that I could have gone to the temple and pantomimed killing myself. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. <laughs> no, no, it's no.
0: terrible. And what's interesting <laughs> is I've noticed when we talk about it, it's in this, like, oh, yeah, Mormonism does this thing. And isn't that crazy? And that's nuts. But I was talking to my aunt last night who has never been a member of the church. And I was telling her about some of this stuff. And she's like, "Um, that's abuse. And she she's like, <laughs> like, this is terrible. And I was yeah. thinking, like, oh, but it's just the way I was brought up. You know, like, yeah. we have this yeah. weird still interaction with it. Whereas people who just hear about it for the first time, they're like, um, no, no, no. Like, that is not okay.
3: Yeah.
2: I remember opening up to friends afterward who knew I was Mormon, right? And I would tell them things. I'm like, so do you, like, cut nipple holes in your underwear when you throw (laughs) (laughs) No, I I did tell them that. But I was, like, tell them, like, all these parts. I'm like, just objectively tell me, like, what do you think? You know, and I told people like what we did inside the temple, like all the signs and tokens. I'm like, tell me honestly, like, what would you think? And they're like, that is a cult. That is psychotic. That is abuse. You know, and I'm like, but you were always so nice to me. You know, I'm a Mormon. You were nice to me. I thought that was because of the light in my eyes. Yeah. You know, and they're like, no, I'm just a nice person. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, this is how I <laughs> was treat you. It wasn't people. unique to me.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I've noticed people when you leave, they're like, oh, I'm so glad you're out. And it's like... Yeah. But you never said anything. It's like, well, because what was I supposed to say? If you've seen the new Pixar film, Turning Red, there's this one part where Mei, the main character, walks away from her friends on her way to do her deeply intense Chinese cultural activities. And her friends just say, brainwashed. And when i watched that i looked at my buddy i was watching it with and i was like wow that's what our friends at school said about us when we said oh i can't hang out tonight i have family home evening it's yep. like what part about life. like yes. a chinese girl
1: getting her first period just made you and your buddy sit down and say we got to watch this movie
0: that no <laughs> like yeah. i didn't it know that's so, what it was about <laughs> it's it's for, about for so record. much more than periods okay if, if you watch that movie and you're. It's called like,
1: Turning Red. Yeah. yeah now I now and she transforms. I there, there's a part of that. If you
0: watch that movie and all you get out of it is, wow, that was about periods, you totally missed the point. We could have a whole. Maybe someday we'll have do a whole episode on <laughs> this. Love
2: the but I love that
0: movie. Here. And it's about way yeah, more than too. periods.
2: <laughs> yeah. I have four girls. So I was like, this is good exposure for me. Yeah, to yeah, be able to talk about <laughs> the female anatomy and stuff, and that's actually another thing too, right? Is um, I'm looking like at my girls who like kids' clothing. there's only one option. It's it's like the kind of short shorts. It's not immodest though. It's just little tiny kids, right, mm-hmm. with flat yeah. butts and all this stuff, right? And and that's just what kids do. I'm like, at what age do I start telling them that they have to cover up their skin? Like, I'm really confused, right? <laughs> you know, and. Then I have this flash forward and I'm going, let's say at 16, my kids come out as gay. What am I supposed to do? I would rip them out of the church as fast as I could.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, if I would pull them out then, why wouldn't I pull them out now? Right. Right. Why am I going to put them or all this damage and then leave? Yeah. And I get like. It's really difficult for people to leave and some people make the decision, you know, we'll, we'll go for our kids. I'm not judging any of that. I think it's unique to every person and in their own time, their own journey to be able to exit Mormonism. But I think we can objectively say Mormonism is not good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you can find good parts in it, as that quote goes, right, like that which about Mormonism is good is not unique and that which mm-hmm. is unique is not good. It's like, I think if you can connect to those good parts, like that is so awesome. Right. I mean, Mormonism helped me in a lot of ways, but at the same time, you can learn that literally anywhere else. Yeah. Right. So if it comes to like a person debating, should I leave or should I not? It's like probably should leave because Mormonism is toxic. I think it's a cult. The Doomsday Cult, by the way, Latter Day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. Like That's right there really in the name of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And, and um,
1: the current, yeah. current prophet's been doubling down on that Latter Day rhetoric a lot more than St. Monson oh. or, or Hinckley did. So they're getting a lot more like, this is it. This is the winding up scene. <laughs> the Lord's coming this time. We this time,
0: it. I promise. Just
1: around the corner. I remember being told that, like this was before the internet, but it was like... uh you know, there is a general authority who came to visit and he said that if, if the world time frame was on a clock, we would be at 11.59 p.m. <laughs> like, the world is going to end any minute. That's yeah. what Boy K. Packer said when he came to visit our yeah. obscure branch and fuck, fuck nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they've been saying since Joseph Smith. Smith Joseph Smith was supposed to so apparently
2: see... He 20. was going to live to see it. It's in the Doctrine yeah. and Covenants. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that um, didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. it did not. Um, oh, so sad, right? Um, but uh, so so here we've got all these false promises of Mormonism. And, you know, before I was talking about how I was a workaholic, and it was with this belief that it would actually pay off, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't doing it because I believed in that was worthless into self-sacrifice. It was like, this is for some purpose
3: Mm -hmm. might be
2: in the next life, but you know, eventually it's going to work out. Um, but then we look at that, like societally, we don't help people who need help because Mm -hmm. if it's eleven fifty nine, right. Then I don't need to go and talk to you stranger, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, person who has differing lifestyle or opinion. Um, Climate change. I remember talking with my wife. I'm like, "It's a good thing the church is true, because I don't have to worry about that." Yeah, I said that too. That's like, yeah, like an Alberta do. thing.
0: Yeah, that's a very Alberta <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. oh, the, well, the world is ending. Why should I care about <laughs> climate we care? change? Why should care. Oh, we the oil's going to <laughs> yeah, oil run out rich, by 2050. So... Oh, like I don't need to worry about oil running out because the world's going to end before that. So we're all good.
2: see. Yeah, we'll um, but then, so here we are, we, we're doing homeschool since COVID started. Um, and so my wife finds this Indigenous class and they go to the reserve okay, to do this class and be taught by Indigenous people. And I went for one of these classes and and it's just, it's amazing just learning about these people. And I'm like, I can't believe that I used to think that you guys were Jewish, that you came across in these little boats, and that you you were wicked and disgusting and lazy and loathsome mm-hmm. and all these things. This is your culture, and it's so beautiful. And I used to think that it was the devil. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know,
1: that eventually you'd be white.
3: Did right? you refer to them did as slaves, hear...
1: Like when you were growing up? Oh, 100%.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you grow
1: up around reservations? Like, were you outside a major city in Alberta, uh, in Alberta? I was very close to Alberta, so
2: I was far enough away. But, we, you know, you drive through the reserve, you visit yeah. Cardston by the reserve, you know, and, and you hear about it, and we would demonize it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that there's problems that don't exist, obviously, but, like, but we refuse as Mormons to look systemically at these things and to be like, hmm, have I contributed, you know, if I tell people that they – deserve to die that they need to be white that they need to this and this that you know maybe that's going to have a negative fallout right but we just we love that because it just makes us feel better and we can hide behind
0: mormonism right? yeah don't have to do anything about it because that's uh, god's will yeah exactly yeah right? and i and
2: i have in-laws that are indigenous okay They believe this. And I've heard them talk about this in themselves. And like it took so much to the point that its culture has been eradicated because it's viewed as evil. Right. So, yeah, it's it's interesting and it's it's well, it's interesting, but it's disgusting. Right. Yeah. So, again, if Mormonism works for you, I'm very happy for you. If you're kind to other people, I'm very happy for you. But as soon as it starts to harm you, as soon as you start to harm other people, I have a major issue. And I 100% would advocate for you to leave the church or at least to know that it's okay if you do. God mm-hmm. will not smite you down. I promise. I think I've done every blasphemous thing that
1: you could do as an ex-Mormon.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, God hasn't killed me yet. Including, like, try the worst combination of alcohol and soda you can possibly. Like, that's a double sin. <laughs> that's right. Because you're sinning ale. against the drink. <laughs> yeah.
2: As I know like, coffee, and like I, Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Mm, I judge you. Uh, I judge you inwardly. I accept you outwardly. That's the Christian motto. Right and I, and i find actually on that note like i'm such a kinder person i genuinely want to connect with people and listen to them and develop friendships life is so much better after
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and i i don't think i ever could have believed that when i was in the church yeah. right I, I didn't think that could exist i was i was told yeah they're happy but it's for a season right wickedness mm-hmm. is never happiness but i'm like
1: no this is happiness
0: yeah you know this is i
1: like what i found with with accounting like you started these accounting firms with like 50 new hires and half of them were women for me at least. And, and even like the other companies we'd be auditing, a lot of women in finance and accounting that I'd be working with. Very smart, talented, skilled people, excellent managers, just you know, top of their profession. And I would always be thinking in the back of my mind yeah, but their life must be so unfulfilled because they're not a mother. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what i would be telling myself. That was probably the dumbest judgmental remark I'd have in my brain. <laughs> do you have that's any, what we were taught. Do you have any of those? Like what was the dumbest thing you'd think to yourself about other people but never say? Oh,
2: man, that's so interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like it comes to mind, they don't have true joy. Certainly yeah. would always demonize him. Like my older brother had left the church um, who had so many struggles uh, in his life and like all the realms possible. I remember like going to him mm-hmm. and being like, it's because you left the church. And I said such hurtful things to him. Mm-hmm. And like, and it just killed me. So now I'm like, this was actually before I even left the church, I started to reconcile. And I remember talking to my brother and just, again crying like this it brings me to tears i'm just like i am so sorry for what i said and he's like it's okay and i'm like no you don't understand like how bad that was like you don't understand (laughs) he understands but he (laughs) he's he's like willing to forgive right you know he gets it and i'm just like no i staked my life on this i was willing to let you go as a brother for mormonism you know and i'm just like i'm so sorry that i treated you this way yeah
0: so
3: let's,
2: I felt the spirit as I said it.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: right? So let's talk about these relationships and then how you have these changes in your relationships as you've left I'm assuming your relationship with your brothers who have left has improved and like tell us what's what's changed, what's different, what's the same in these relationships.
2: Yeah. So, whereas before there was always a religious agenda, right? Um, Now I'm just genuinely curious about people and their lives. So I connect with that brother um, who was kind of estranged because of Mormonism and Mm -hmm. and my reaction to it. So I'm I'm developing stronger relationships there and healing. Um, My younger brother, same thing. Uh, we, We were never estranged, but I had that choice. Right. And so I'm developing stronger relationships there. Um, And then with my wife, uh, you know, because after the Eller Holland talk, I'm like, I'm going to go meet with the stake president. This is my last ditch effort to see if we stay. Um, And I asked her, I'm like, what if I come out of this? and I decide I need to leave. And she's like, then I'll leave with you. And she was, she was like, done. Right. Yeah. Like she she was where I was in the same nuanced belief and all that. But, but she was like, yeah, but I, well actually a little bit before that, maybe not even long before that, but she was po- uh, posing the question. She's like, what if I leave the church? And I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'll just take the kids to church myself. Like, I'm really okay with it. And I genuinely was.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: she's like, but how long can you be okay with that until you leave me? And I'm, and I realized again, like this, dichotomy that the church sets up like my wife knew well i mean and that's not true mixed faith marriages survive exist and are happy but Mm -hmm. but that's not mormon teaching yeah right and so she knew she's like you'll get tired of me eventually and you will choose mormonism over me Mm -hmm. and i'm like not the case i'm not going to do that and so i was i was willing to let all these things go again for the sake of health but so um so my relationship with my wife greatly increased um and I've seen her own mental health increase and I've commented to her, I'm like, you like you were happy, but like in Mormonism, you were not a happy person. Hmm. <laughs> and that's why I was trying to fix her all the time with blessings and prayer and, and all of that, right? Because she wasn't happy. And now she is. And I get to be supportive. I used to be so afraid that my wife would leave me because, you know, she would realize that she's being suppressed or something like that. Right. She's not Mm -hmm. having the traditional role. And now I'm just like, I'm so excited for you to explore who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. Authentically in whatever way that shows up. And I'm going to be there with you in it because I love you. Um, When we told the kids about leaving the church, um, they were so happy as well. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're
1: like, we hate primary. (laughs) There is no kid who likes going to church. Like, yeah, I know, I yeah. remember our, our mother-in-law would sometimes try to, I don't know, teach our, like if they slept over at grandma and grandpa's house, they'd do prayer. Grandma would make them do their own personal prayers and stuff like that. And my wife would kind of be like, uh, what do you think about this? I'm like, honey, there's no kid in this world who would willingly go to church and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like we only go to Probably. church because we're forced to. So they're not coming home and saying prayers like grandma can do her thing, but it's not gonna stick mm-hmm. like church sucks yeah. too much, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So
2: we stopped reading the scriptures, we we still pray um with the kids, but it is so different, it is so relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um like before it was guys be reverent,
3: mm-hmm. you know.
2: I am going to start hitting people if you are not reverent. That's how you invite the spirit as one. Well. <laughs> um, and and uh, now it's just like be a kid, yeah. give a goofy prayer. I don't care. It's a moment for us to come together at the end of the day as a yeah. family and and give thanks. And they say just the silliest things. They're so irreverent, but these kids are happy and they're loved,
3: and that's mm-hmm. what matters to me, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, I'm forced to choose between brothers, between wife, to my own health, and I'm looking at my kids. I'm like, the church will try to make me choose eventually mm-hmm. between loving my kids or loving the church, and I'm like, I can't do that. I love my kids too much,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? And and so that's that's what shifted, and life is so much better. I'm I'm a better psychologist now, by the way, as well, because I can actually hold space with all these negative emotions that yeah. people are bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I had one client, uh, who, you know, found it a really good experience. And so she invites a friend and, uh, the friend's like, I'm just not able to find a good therapist. Like how did you find someone that's so good? And so this client asked me, she's like, how did I luck out? I'm like, if you want to find a good therapist, find someone who's been traumatized and worked through it.
3: Cause
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, they're going to be a lot more genuine yeah. Um, right. As opposed to just kind of like, oh, you have anxiety. Have you tried breathing? And I'm um, you know, like, yeah, like, that's really good. Breathing is really good. I do that with people. Um, but you know, it's so much more important. I'm sorry, that's it with that person.
1: I know when I'm anxious, I'm usually like breathing quite a lot, right? It's like, have you tried breathing? Yes. Yeah, right. yeah I'm breathing a lot. It's not working.
2: Yeah, and like. Again, these strategies are good, right? But they're good in the service of you as a person, regardless of your orientation, gender, ethnicity, uh, socioeconomic status, abilities or disabilities. You in and of yourself are a person with inherent worth Mm -hmm. and it cannot be added upon or taken away based on what you do. And that was totally different. That psychological ethic is... 100% different than Mormonism, which says that God's love is conditional. Mm -hmm. Last conference, Christopherson gave a talk, and he said, God will love you more Mm -hmm. if you keep the commandments. And And that was my experience, that God didn't love me more for keeping the commandments. But interestingly, God didn't love me less for being a sinner, right? And now I've got to work out, like, what is God and all that. But I'm just like, but in terms of, like, the Mormon God, like, when I object like when I criticize my own uh, beliefs and actions Mm -hmm. and how it's worked or not, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. that was false.
1: They're, they're wrong. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think like every message I got from my parents was they love me no matter what, every message I got from the church through my parents was that I needed to live up to some kind of standard. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's a similar thing to what you've been talking about. And even now in my mid thirties, I'm still warming up to the idea that my value as a person isn't contingent on my contribution as a person. Yeah. And in, in mid thirties, right? I'm probably it's gonna be probably till I'm forty-five where I really feel like people will like me, even if I do stupid things. Um and maybe that's not just unique to Mormonism. I don't know, but Mormonism definitely amplifies it, right? Mm-hmm. I think my observation. Yeah,
2: yeah there's people who struggle because this it's cultural. Culturally, we believe in, in workahol, workaholics kind of a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's not unique,
1: but the church is bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. That was,
1: that was one thing I started looking at myself as I was leaving was I – like I had, I developed an anxiety disorder for a little bit and I attributed a bit to a bit to the church for a while. But then I thought, you know what, the church, like the church is a church. Um, it never necessarily said it was going to cure mental health issues, but it didn't do anything to make them better. And it did everything it possibly could to make them worse. So I can't yeah. say I got my issues from the church, but it made it worse. Like it amplified, you know turn the dial up to 11 for sure. Yeah, And I, I think, yeah, when people blame the church for everything, I don't know if you can blame the church for everything. It's, but it definitely enhances what's already toxic about Western culture.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. My observation and opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, so like as a, as a
1: psychologist, do you have any kind of, I don't know top 3 things you should do if you're trying to let go of your traumatic past or oh, uh, man, or get over leaving the church or or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe maybe
2: I'll I'll give a a brief thing maybe another time or something we might go over in detail or mm-hmm. yeah or something but but um there's this idea, right? Ex-Mormons, they're angry people, they're bitter, um, and I definitely think that's true to a degree, right? <laughs> There's like oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. some toxicity, and uh, but but I think the reason why this is happening is because of the religious trauma, and sometimes more than that, right? Maybe physical, emotional, sexual, whatever trauma that has existed for these people. And it's important that they're able to find safe places to have their stories held, and to be able to hold their own stories, right? Mm-hmm as opposed to just trying to kind of keep it in. Um, and yeah, sometimes we do that in messy ways, but that's also our right as cult survivors, right? To be able to um, share our stories. And, you know, yeah, I want to remind people to come back to their values about what's the kind of person you want to be, right? So if it's like, I want to be kind to people, and then you every time you see a TBM, you're like, cult, cult, cult. Um, you know, are you living your values? Like, that's what I want, you know, remind people to come back to, but you do not have to suppress your authenticity because it makes other people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the people that are uncomfortable are probably going to be revealed to be the part of the problem, right? It's like, they're not the safe people for you. They don't respect your boundaries and you need to go and find people where you can do that. And there's a part where we need to move on as it were, you know, And I I agree that's cool, but you know what? We don't get control over that, right? Our body needs to heal, and it will take the time that it needs to heal. And when it feels like it's healed, then you can move on. And if it takes Mm -hmm. you your whole life, it takes you years, or it takes you weeks, it doesn't matter. It's not a cognitive choice that we make to be like, I'm no longer traumatized by this. If you're saying that, you're either delusional or you're lying to yourself. Hmm. I like that. I don't know if that was three, but that's what I came up with
1: no that's a, excellent <laughs> i I gave the three so we could go for like the the BuzzFeed listicle of <laughs> 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 things but no, that's really um thank you very much for saying that as your i think um what struck me was when you said uh your body's gonna take as much time as it takes to heal uh kind kind of forgetting that the mind is a part of the body
3: mm-hmm.
1: that that's what I took away yeah. from it thinking that your brain's an organ. Yeah and your brain needs to heal. That's what I took away from what you were saying.
0: Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, Yeah. I think we're absolutely going to have to have you back for more Mm. of these healing conversations because that's largely why we started this podcast was to have our own healing to laugh at our kind of boogeyman and, and to get through it and move past it. Um so yeah, we're definitely gonna have to have you back on for more of these conversations. Do you have any final notes of your story that you want to share before we hop off?
2: Uh there is a song I don't know I think I think it's newer. And it's called Spirits by i mm-hmm. I heard this in the radio the other day. And they say this at the end of the song. I don't want a never-ending life. I just want to be alive while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's like where I'm at with Mormonism. Is like the promise of living in heaven with you guys is not as appealing as you think it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live forever. You know, I've realized that right now I just want to live. And yeah, again, I have my values of responsibility and growth and all this, right? But being alive is okay and every day is a new day for me and i didn't have that before in mormonism it was this it was uh i was a prisoner right um and now i can decide today what i want to do to live life for life's sake and not in the service of ruin or hatred or pain right? but to live for life's sake that's a beautiful thing, the feel.
0: Yeah. I like that. I appreciate that. And uh, with that, I suppose we will close in the name of our Lord and Savior, uh, Elder Holland, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> yeah.